Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. As you know, cinemas are reopening in the UK next Monday, Monday the 17th, which is a huge event for film fans. So to look forward to what we can all expect with reopened cinemas, I spoke to three people. Stuart Jenkins from the Plaza in Truro, Oliver Meek from the Rio in Dalston, and writer and critic Eleni Jones about what we can expect from reopened cinemas. Hello, my name's Ellen E. Jones and I write and talk about film and television for a living. <laughs> so how are you feeling about the prospect of cinemas reopening? Um, very excited, but also I think I've got one up on a lot of kind of people who love cinema um, coming out of this period because I've kind of been through it before. I've been through a long period where I couldn't go to the cinema, which is what happened when I had my two babies because uh, <laughs> um, and I kind of so I've been through all this sort of you know but basically going to the cinema is what makes me feel like me so when I couldn't when I haven't been able to do it it is a bit of a sort of mini identity crisis um, and uh, but as I say I've, I've been through it and come out the other side before because when you've got a little baby you can't really go to the cinema and when you're pregnant I tried but um, I'm not sure if it was the sugar in the pick and mix or the very loud noises from the Marvel film but my baby just kicked so much I had to leave so. <laughs> so have you have you spent the last well I mean it's more than a year now I know there was a break in the middle of it missing the experience of going to the cinema I mean I really have because I used to go well I went to you know press screenings yeah. every week you know yeah. eight of them a week you know with so I was all I was in the cinema most of the time this is the longest period that I haven't been in the cinema with that exception of that little break during the summer when I went to sort Tenet and I went to see Unhinged and then everything kind of shut down again have you missed the experience um, I have missed it, but I, I think because I kind of that sort of strange, the 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 strange sense of not being quite myself and not having that that escape that cinema is to me, um, because I was aware of what it was. Because as I say, I'd kind of gone through it before. I sort of I, I knew that the day would come when we would walk through those magic doors again <laughs> and commune with with the international cinema people. So it was fine. <laughs> Is there any part of you that feels any anxiety? Because one of the things that's mm. uh, that's become apparent is I've spoken to some people who are, you know, audiences and some uh, actually some people who make films, and they have talked about their anxiety about being back in a group of people in an enclosed space because it's been such a long time since they did it. Do you have any worries about it at all? Yeah, um, very much so. I mean, I mean, but I'm sort of in the process of overcoming all those little 
anxieties to do with COVID. So, for, for instance, I went on public transport for the first time in, you know, just over a year, uh, about two weeks How ago. How was that? Um, How was it? First of all, I was very nervous um, and kept, like, you know, manically opening windows and giving dirty looks to anyone who had their mask sort of a bit skew with. But, um, you know, it, very soon it just became normal again. So I think it's the old, you know, riding, get backing on the bicycle adage. So I'm hoping it'll be the same with the cinema. <laughs> It's worth pointing out that you, know, you live in London, which I don't, and so yeah. I presume that travelling on public transport in London is kind of quantifiably different than it is travelling on public transport in the New Forest. Yeah. <laughs> um, has it has public transport been quite full? Uh, it, it it kind of immediate. I mean, I so I didn't travel on it at all throughout the main, you know, the parts of the lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so my friends told me who did travel that it was very sparsely populated then, but um, it's kind of got back to almost it feels like almost normal now um so yeah i mean yeah i i'm i'm a lifelong londoner and i don't drive so public transport is almost as big a part of my life as cinema is i love all the people watching that goes along with it so it has been quite nice to get even back to that too you know i'm just looking forward to yeah even going into town like getting on the, the whole process of going into town to go to the cinema like the whole thing is is what i'm looking forward to getting back to I think there's a very big possibility that the first film I'm going to see back in cinemas uh, after this lockdown yeah. is Peter Rabbit 2. <laughs> um, and that, that is something that I'm facing with, a, you know, a, a, a bittersweet, you know, obviously <laughs> it's a, a mixture of emotions. Do you have any idea what the first thing you're going to see is going to be? Um, I've been thinking about making it Nomadland because I've seen Nomadland and I really want to see it on the big screen. Um and I know that's going to be possible. And I and I just it's it, it feels like you know a better choice than Peter Rabbit too, to be honest with you, Mark, in terms of marking the the, the occasion. So I, I'd like to point out it's a professional choice on my part. You know, I, I don't actually have any choice. I have to go and see it, and it will be in the cinema. So, but, know, I, but I also I, think, uh, you know, I would very happily go and see absolutely anything. Like I I, I think the joy will be very similar. Whatever it's it's it's, it's you know, it's just go. It's getting the popcorn, going in there, the lights coming out, the ads starting. You know, finding your seat. Everything is is what I'm looking forward to getting back to. It's the, the the film in a way is almost incidental. You see, I kind of feel the same way. And I mean, you know, on the Peter Rabbit two thing. Firstly, I've heard from Simon Brew um, at Film Stories that, that actually it's much better than the first one, and he rather enjoyed it. And secondly, I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: I will be going back into a cinema. And I remember when I saw Unhinged. I hadn't been in yeah. a cinema for many months, and the lights went down, and angry Russell Crowe came up, and I just thought, I don't care. I'm, this is great. Yeah. This is he, he's angry. He's in a truck. It's big. It's loud. There's stuff happening. I don't care what the film's like, to be honest. And I part of me is a little bit like that. You kind of get demob happy. You just feel like, I just yeah. want to be in a room of people. I mean, I think that's the paradox of, of being someone who, who watches films for a living. Like, on the one hand, you have to kind of be discerning and critical. But on the other hand, the truth is, I just love going to the cinema and I don't really care what I'm watching. I'm having a good time. <laughs> on the subject of Nomadland, were you at all influenced by Frances McDormand saying when she won the Oscar you know, go and see it because I, it was a very, it was a very pointed intervention on her mm. part to win the Oscar for a film, which is already available on streaming to say very specifically, go and see it on the biggest possible screen. Um, not really actually, because I think she, they, her and, and Chloe Zhao had already made that point just by making the film the way they made it. Like it's such, it, it's, I mean, as soon as I saw it on my, not, 
too tiny TV, but tinier than I'd like TV, um, I instantly knew that I had to see it on the big screen because they'd made a piece of cinema and that's where cinema must be seen. So they'd already made that point as far as I'm concerned. The thing I'm really looking forward to seeing projected is, um, is Sound of Metal because I want to see that with an audience. And also, although I've got, you know, speakers on my TV that are perfectly fine, I want to see that film. I want to hear that film because the sound design of that film is such a big deal. Yeah. And there's a cinema not far from where I live, which has got yeah. actually a great sound system. And I'm kind of, you know, I want to go and experience the sound of it because it's not just to do with the size of the screen, is it? Yeah, no, that's that's on my list too. Yeah, it is that the, the sound, yeah, of course. And although... It, I mean, we talk a lot about sound, obviously, for obvious reasons about Sound of Metal, but there are lots of expansive landscapes in that film as well that I quite like to see. <laughs> they do a bit of cross-country travelling too, so... Do you think that your viewing habits have changed um, irrevocably during lockdown? Are you, are you now somebody who would go to the cinema less or do you feel like you're back at full strength? Um... Again, I think if that change was going to happen, it would have happened in my previous enforced um, (laughs) break from the cinema when I had my kids. So actually, if anything, like back with a vengeance to the cinema, like it's made me appreciate it more. Um, And and I'm not really the kind of person that would go and see the same film multiple times under usual circumstances, unless, you know, for a work reason. But now I feel like I want to re-see all the films I, I saw streaming in the on the big screen so yeah there's i've just i've got more than ever that i want to see in the cinema did you do mother and baby screenings when you were I, when you i've got a, don't get me started on mother and baby screenings <laughs> <laughs> but, but my my feeling is um <laughs> i did try and 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 the problem is once your baby stops <laughs> crying then someone else's baby starts so if there's any kind of dialogue that you're interested in paying attention to at all you can't and everyone just chats all the way through it as well. And like, I, I was sort of torn between, you know, my maternal love for my baby and my great personal passion for cinema. And I just felt I cannot satisfy these two, <laughs> these two conflicts <laughs> at the same time. So I just thought, you know what, let me let me not disrespect cinema and let me wait until I can can see it as it's meant to be seen without a screaming baby. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that's going to happen with uh, cinemas reopening is that there there, there will be social distancing. And I was, I've talked to a couple of uh, cinema managers who said, you know, it's to do with the, the seats around you. Essentially, yeah. if, you, if you're a single booking, which actually from their point of view is a nightmare, what they want is, to, is a group booking of people who can sit together. But if you're a single booking, they have to, you know, block out the seats around you. And well, this is very bad from the cinema's point of view, obviously, because mm. it hugely reduces the income. I have to say, I kind of like that. I oh, kind of yeah. like the idea that there's nobody in front of me and nobody behind me and nobody to the side of me. Is there any part of you, will you confess to there being any part of you that wants to be in a room with people but at a distance? Well, I'll, I'll go one naughtier, which is that some of my greatest cinema experiences have been like on an afternoon, in the middle of the afternoon, when there's no one else there at all. You just happen to find a screening room and it's just, that's just, I've had some really great... I remember seeing I, Daniel Blake in the Regent Street cinema like that just because it was like a couple of weeks after it had come out and it happened to be in the afternoon. And I think it's because you get that kind of bunking off school feeling when you're in this in the middle of the afternoon you go to cinema. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love a crowd of cinema too. Like, I remember seeing like Black Panther was absolutely rammed and there, there was just nothing like it. But um, there's, there is a certain, you know... You know uh, shame-faced joy in, in being in an empty cinema. 
So what have you got planned? What are you going to... So you said you're going to go and see Nomadland. Other yeah. stuff that's coming up, there's things like Quiet Place. There's a new Ben Wheatley movie, which I really, really want to see yeah. uh, in the cinema. There's Censor, the Prano Bailey Bond film, which is brilliantly going to be opening at the end of June. What are you looking forward to seeing on the big screen? So I'm looking forward to seeing... Um those who wish me dead have i missed out a, a, a word yeah. there but yeah um i'm i'm kind of a fan of taylor sheridan anyway <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed his previous films i know some some critics are a bit sniffy about him but so that would be that would be something i'd be looking forward to anyway and um, that's opening on, on, on the yeah. 17th that's that's one of the first yeah. biggies and then um, um um first cow as well the the kelly reich art one um is right up my street as well i like i like a neo-western so that's where i'm going what's your name King Lou, they call me Cookie. My mother died when I was born, and then my father died. I never stopped moving. It's the getting started that's the puzzle. No way for a poor man to start. You have a cow. First cow in the territory. It's ain't a place for cows. No, it's no place for white men either. I sense opportunity here. I'm really looking forward to First Cow, not least because I was in Berlin last year when it played and I didn't get tickets to see it because it was a public screening and it was absolutely sold out. Yeah. And so a year and some months later and an entire pandemic later, I'm actually finally going to get to see the film that I didn't see in Berlin, you know, way back before all this began. I still can't get my head around the fact that Early last year, I was in Berlin, wandering around, <laughs> shaking hands with people, you know, being in crowd like it was the most normal thing on earth. Well, I think there's a specific reason I want to see First Cow as well, which is because I think it'll be really good, a good film for retraining my attention span, which is one of the things that's, that you get that's lost in streaming when your phone is always like just a hand and you kind of you don't have that full attention immersion that you have that you're forced yeah, into yeah, in, yeah. in the cinema screen. And I think the sort of quiet moments that, that, that you get in her films, the sort of you know observational moments that will be good at retraining my attention span, which I fear has been a bit messed with over lockdown. And I'm really looking forward to Quiet Place Part Two, as I believe it's now called, um, because. I loved seeing Quiet Place and I loved what I loved hearing an audience go silent. I mean that was the most remarkable thing about that film was when it started playing the audience were kind of yeah. quite noisy. I saw it down in Cornwall in the plaza which I love and the audience were kind of noisy and then literally 2 minutes in they shut up. They yeah that's stopped. that's the one you want to be in an absolutely packed cinema for I think. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's I just thought it was great it made them be quiet. I know and yeah. And then there was you know shrieks and jumps uh, and all the rest of it. Okay so just to sort of bring this to a conclusion do you feel you feel positive about the future of cinema because obviously there's been such a lot of attention paid to you know is it going to be the same? I don't think it's going to be the same but do you feel positive about it? Yeah, very much so. I, just because I think that communal feeling, that feeling of being together that you get in the cinema is absolutely what we've all been missing over over a lockdown period. And I think a lot of people are beginning to think about, think about that feeling and what they've been missing a bit more and sort of appreciate it, appreciate it more than they did before. I don't know why he came all the way up here. There's nothing left. There are people out there. People worth saving. 
giving up hope. So I'm Oliver Meek. I'm the executive director of the Rio Cinema in Dalston, which is one of the country's oldest independent cinemas. Um, I also look after, at the moment, the Phoenix Cinema in East Finchley, um, and I'm working on a new cinema project in Acton. So I'm going to ask you about Acton in just a bit. Let's start with um, with the Rio. Uh, what do you predict for the next few weeks? Cinemas reopening in what looks like a very different circumstance to the reopening that happened this time last year? Um, well, I think it's going... I, I, I'm positive about the next month. I, I think um, there's really good. It's really good to have the kind of Oscar buzz. So we're opening with Nomadland and The Sound of Metal. And even though both of those are available online, I think there's a lot of people who want to see them in the cinema. And there's a lot of people like me who are frankly sick of the sight of their own living room and will be <laughs> keen, keen to get out. So um, we've had lots and lots of inquiries of people asking us when we're going to open. Um, and I think people are a bit more confident than they were the last time around. Most people have been vaccinated um, and they kind of trust that cinemas have got good safety measures in place. So um, I think we'll do pretty well considering for, for this time of year as well. You mentioned that both Nomadland and Sound of Metal are opened online. Um, I have always held that just because something is available online does not mean that people do not want to see it in the cinema. In fact, I think that simultaneous distribution is probably the inevitable future anyway. Tell me a little bit about why somebody would go to the cinema to see Nomadland or Sound of Metal when they can watch them online. Well, I think Nomadland's a great case in point because uh, th- there is no way uh, Chloe Zhao made that film to watch it on a small screen. Um, that fil- uh, The cinematography in that film is is its... Is so epic, um, and and again, with a film like Sound of Metal, just extraordinary sound mixing, and those are two things that really you're not going to get. I don't care how good your TV is, you're not going to get the full extent of them unless you have the fully immersive experience. But all, equally, going back to a film like uh, The Irishman that was on Netflix, again, we know Scorsese makes his films on big screen. You know, he didn't spend all of those years of his life to produce that to be watched on. Uh, on an iPhone, um, it's it, that's that's all part of the experience. So yeah, I think lots of people do want to that they are kind of saving those experiences for uh, a big kind of immersive cinema experience. One of the interesting things with um, Sound of Metal is that people that have seen it in a cinema with an audience, because obviously it's shown with open captions, say that seeing it with an audience, a deaf audience and a hearing audience together, watching the movie together, is a completely different experience to watching it at home on your own. And I have to say, I am going to the cinema to go and see Sound of Metal because I want to experience that because I read so much about how how much it changes the film. Do you think that there are there are experiences that you will get in the cinema that you simply cannot get at home and it's not just to do with the size of the screen oh yeah absolutely i think um so that the the main auditorium at the rio is 400 seats so when that's packed it really is uh, electric and i think um one film i watched in there when it was busy uh, was midsummer which is a fantastic film and uh, s- some of the more kind of bonkers terrifying moments in that just felt electric in a cinema because you can feel you can feel the adrenaline pumping with everyone, um, and you know we, what what we've kind of felt really strongly during lockdown is we're, we're social creatures. We we like um, 
communal experiences we we uh, we look forward to them and um you know most things are available in our own home but um it's just not the same as being there with uh, with a big group of people experiencing it all together now you talk about a 400 seater auditorium under the current restrictions how many people practically can be in a screening 131 and tell me the maths of that figure well, effectively, because because with the one meter plus spacing, if you buy one seat, uh, we have to remove kind of six seats around you. So um, single seats are very very <laughs> damaging. So, but at least if you come in a pair, then we then remove six seats around you. So um, we have a complex algorithm that that works out, which I, I to be honest don't understand. And uh, <laughs> people who do our point of sale um, manage to develop that very quickly. But um, Yes, it, it leaves it leaves big gaps. So I, I've pretty much everyone I know is experienced something similar where uh, capacity is reduced down to about a third. So we're lucky with with a big auditorium, we can still get a decent audience in. And when we opened back in the summer, we had a few capacity screenings for St Maud that did very well, and we managed to fill that out. But obviously, it's not it's not the same for us as having four hundred people in. That's a uh, we need those sold out screenings to keep our, our screen viable. So we need to get back to that as soon as, as soon as it's safe to do so. I'd like to make a terrible confession, which is that for somebody like me, the idea of having six seats around me clear is kind of a positive. <laughs> and I, I, I understand the economics of this, but you know, I love the idea of being in a cinema with other people, but I also love the idea of none of them being close enough to kick the back of my seat because I'm terrible like that. Um, are people responding well to the to the ex- cinema experience even under the current circumstances? I mean, in the periods that the cinema has been open, but during the COVID uh, era, have people enjoyed it in the way that they would do normally? Yeah, no, I think so. We saw that when people when we first opened back in the summer, people were spending loads more than, than 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 usual at the bar which was great for us they were um and we had lots and lots of really great feedback online about that people felt safe and just how much they enjoyed being back uh, but just to go back to the social distancing thing i i remember reading a long time before this that apparently um jack nicholson whenever he went to the theater or cinema would always buy the three seats in front of him the seat either side of him and three seats behind him so uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, that was a kind of Social distancing ahead of its ahead of its day, but um, so yeah, I mean, ultimately, lots of people do like um, a slightly emptier screen to watch the films, so um, it's it's good for them. But I mean, obviously, our, our business thrives on being on being full Friday and Saturday nights, so um, it is important that we get back to that because it's not viable to run a cinema on a third capacity for a long period of time, um, and we're able to do that at the moment because of the DCMS support. Um, through the culture fund, through the BFI, and that's really integral that, to, to all cinemas, kind of big or small. Um, so we're really keen to get open again, and um, the films are kind of there's a backlog of films um, that we that we want to get you know get them on screen before they disappear online. You mentioned two other uh, cinemas. You mentioned the Phoenix, which, of course, is the, the cinema that I pretty much grew up in when it was the Rex originally. And I'll say this again. I say it every single time. My handprints are in the concrete outside the Phoenix. I wasn't invited to do it. They just happened to be putting the concrete down there. And I thought, well, hell, I'm going to. Um, and I, I love that cinema. You also mention another project, the Act One project, which I've been kind of peripherally involved in. Tell us about that and tell us about the idea of starting a new cinema venue 
at this particular time? Yeah, so, well, obviously, this this idea has been um, uh, around long before kind of COVID uh, came came on the scene. And um, it's, um, it's changed how we're how we're planning to do things, of course, but um, it hasn't uh, blighted any of our optimism or enthusiasm for the project. Um, so we're taking the old library building in Acton, which is a very a beautiful grade two listed building, uh, amazing bit of um, architecture and has been empty for eight years. Uh, there was originally a cinema project planned, but the, the chain involved with that pulled out and um, a group of enthusiastic locals who um, desperately wanted a cinema in that part of in that part of town have worked kind of tirelessly to fundraise um, the money to take on the lease and um, I am going to start a pop-up cinema in the space initially um, with a view to, in a couple of years, making it into a two-screen cinema. So we've, um, we've pretty much uh, fundraised everything uh, and we've managed to buy the projectors and the seats um, secondhand and we're upcycling and doing whatever we can to, to, to get this cinema open. Um, but it's very exciting because there's just a huge groundswell of, of local support. Um, and it's one of those areas, the first time I, I walked around and went to visit the site, I could completely see why there should be a cinema in that part, part of town. It's really crying out for it. Um, so Acton, is, Acton, for those who don't know, is West London. Um, obviously, London is not underserved with cinemas. What's the, what's the, the significance of having a cinema in Acton? Well, I think um, there's been a huge amount of um, development in Acton recently, so lots and lots of new, new housing around there. Um, there isn't a there isn't an independent cinema kind of local to the area. Obviously, there were big um, multiplexes at Westfield, but um, for those and and there's a very kind of um, arty community um, around Acton. Lots of young families. Um, and really a kind of a similar audience that we have at the at the Rio, um, where um, we we pride ourselves on being a community cinema. So doing the you know mother and baby screenings, classic matinees for older audiences, and showing a wide variety of films. Not just all kind of alternative. We'll show mainstream films. We'll show Bond, um, but also being we can show Bond when it finally opens. If, yeah, at some point, a, a mere two years after yeah. it was initially scheduled to open. Yes, yeah. Um, but hopefully we will show that in September, we'll be ready. That's always been something we've been kind of gearing up for. Um, but also I think that the strange thing, obviously this has been an incredibly challenging period for cinemas, um, but in a way, local cinemas, um, I, I, I hope will kind of prosper from this because it's really going to be the West End cinemas that suffer. And, I, you know, I do hope West End is kind of integral to the whole cinema industry and um, I, I really hope that does come back. But I think it's going to be a while before people uh, venture that far for evening entertainment. And there's been a real kind of um, centering around the local community during lockdown. So um, people, you know, if you've got a good kind of a, a large demographic within walking distance of your cinema, hopefully it will do well. So do you think we're going to see a general shift towards um, local cinemas, local entertainment. It's always been my feeling that the cinemas that would come out of this all right are those that serve the local community, and the cinemas that would suffer are the kind of somewhat faceless um, multiplexes to some extent. I mean, although some multiplexes are brilliant, that just that just seem to could have been anywhere. So, do you think that we we are going to come out of this with something which is more local centric? 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. That's always been the model that I've worked towards anyway, because I think that lots of people want that. Um, and lots of people come to the Rio or the Phoenix purely because they're independent, purely because they've got this um, history, that beautiful, you know, architecture, amazing auditoriums that, um, and they're very loved by um, their communities. Um, and I, I think the same thing will happen in Acton again, because it's something that's been funded by the local community. So that's a great, a great start for it because people feel a sense, will feel a sense of ownership over it. Um, the, Phoenix, the Phoenix was the cinema that I first saw The Exorcist and The Devils and Eraserhead and every film that was significant to me. The first film I remember seeing in the cinema was Krakatoa East of Java. Do you remember what your first big screen experience was? Um, yes, I think that was probably seeing Flash Gordon at Swiss Cottage Odeon, maybe the ABC in Hampstead. Um, That's a good cinema. It's a good cinema. Yeah, that was a great. I saw lots of things there. Um Maybe it was possibly Empire Strikes Back if I was a bit younger. Um, yeah, I remember lots of kind of formative cinema experiences. Um, the first film I saw on my own, uh, which was when I was a teenager with my friend, uh, was uh, Turner and Hooch at the Muswell Hill Odeon. <laughs> Tom Hanks and a dog. <laughs> yes. And, um, yeah, um, I have lots of, yeah, uh, lots of formative moments with cinema. I, I, I met my wife working in the cinema as well. So um, it's, it's, it's everywhere around me. And do you think that people can be reassured that going to the cinema is safe? As far as I understand, there hasn't been a recorded outbreak of COVID that has ever been traced back to a cinema. And in the times that I went during the, the brief lifting of lockdown, when I went to see... Um, the film in which Russell Crowe has road rage and drives over everyone with a truck. And of course, Tenet, I felt completely safe, much safer than I had done going into my local supermarket. Um, can people feel reassured that going to the cinema is safe? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've, we've been really kind of stringent with the measures we've put in, but I think primarily um, cinemas are very w well ventilated spaces. They have to be. I mean, if you don't have good ventilation in a cinema, it's stuffy and unbearable very, very quickly. So all cinemas have good ventilation systems that are constantly changing the air. And yes, we've, we've put in kind of extra cleaning measures and uh, controlling the queues and spacing everyone out. So yeah, um, I, I think it's, I mean, really, and as you say, when you go to the supermarket, uh, you're much you're in much closer proximity to people than you are when you go to a cinema. Um, and people aren't generally speaking uh, to each other during films, which uh, well, hopefully they're not. Um, no, so I think it's a, it's it's a, a very safe place to go. I, I certainly would have no hesitation going back to the cinema. And indeed, as soon as I was able to go to the cinema again in the summer, I went. Uh, I went to film festivals as soon as I could go. Um, and I never felt unsafe at all. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Stuart Jenkins. I'm the general manager of the Plaza Cinema down in Truro and Cornwall. Now, as you know, I'm a huge fan of the Plaza. I've done many events there. We do these 35mm screenings there. It's a lovely cinema, has a huge amount of support from the community, and you've worked wonders in terms of programming the cinema to reflect what the community needs. We've obviously had this extraordinary period of lockdown. We are coming out the other end of it. The question is, what is it going to be like as we go back into cinema? So the first thing I would say is, how how do you envisage the period that we're about to go into? What have we got in store? Um, well, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I, I'd love to have a crystal ball and see that everything's going to be rosy and wonderful. Um, I, I think by starting saying that we're in a very different place now than we were this time last year when we were looking at reopening, um, things are a lot more positive um, there are films there that they've actually rescheduled rather than removed. Um, so in, in that way, we're feeling a lot more positive that we've got a product that we can actually put out um, that, that people will come and watch. I mean, starting straight away with Peter Rabbit 2 on kickoff day, which is May the 17th, as, as people may know. Um, we're, we're very, very positive about that. Hopefully we, we will go on sale on Tuesday with that. Um, we're still waiting on confirmation i think it all comes through on the 10th so um hopefully we get the green light and cinemas can reopen and we can get cracking again but um we're feeling feeling a lot more positive than we were this time last year let's put it that way okay so during that period last year when cinemas reopened mm. in the kind of that brief interim yeah the big problem was that there wasn't the blockbuster product that cinemas needed tell us about how difficult that was having films pulled from the release schedule uh, yes, it, it, it was a very difficult period, obviously coming in and, and picking up the emails from, from head office and from film companies, uh, almost what felt like on a daily basis of, of big releases yet again being pulled or pushed or, or going onto streaming services. Um, it, it, it got us down, very much got us down. And, and that was reflected in the, in the, in the numbers of people coming in. I mean, people will, especially in Cornwall, they'll support us to the hilt as much as they can. But there's only so many times you can watch Back to the Future or Grease or, or films of, of that nature until you start thinking, you know, I, I need some new content. And, and that was what we came up against very, very quickly. Um, films would get pulled. Customers would come and Empire Strikes Back, that sort of thing, and say, when so-and-so coming out? And you, you constantly felt like you were giving bad news, like, oh, it's been pushed, or it's coming out in September next year, or that's how it felt. Um, so it was a very, very tough period of time. Um, fortunately, not getting so many of those emails now. Everything seems to be a lot more positive. Uh, and, and looking at the, the film lineup, um, it's looking good. I mean, May, and May, June, and July are all looking as if there's there's plenty for there for for people to get the teeth into. 
I mean, you have things coming up like uh, Quiet Place 2. You've got yeah. the cinema releases of some movies that are already on streaming, like Nomadland and Sound of Metal, which it does seem that there is an appetite for people to go into cinemas to see them. As you said, Peter Rabbit 2, which obviously, you know, big popular uh, family franchise now. Yeah. What about the cinema experience? What will people expect when they go to the cinema now in the in the reopened period? Well, we're, we're, I'm still going through the bits and pieces for a, any changes that we need to make this time round, but fundamentally it all looks pretty much the same as it was. So um, screens will be sanitised in between performances, swept throughout, any push plates, any doors that have been touched, anything like that is is all thoroughly, thoroughly cleaned. Um, likewise, you've got um, barriers in between yourselves and, and customers at, at, at pay, pay points. You have the clear visual barriers. We're all wearing face masks, uh, face coverings still as well. Um, it, it's just a general sanitization of the, of the building during the films while people are in. We're wiping down door panels so people can go to the bathrooms in, in comfort and ease. We're keeping the, the, the social distancing as well, which is pretty much done via our, our suppliers on, on the the booking side of things, we don't have to worry so much about that. It'll automatically leave spaces. So you, you've still got plenty of space, plenty of room. We're exiting the building out of not not our normal exits. So we don't come back through the foyer or anything like that. You just exit straight out onto the street if you wish to, or if you need to come to the bathroom, it's not a problem. Still plenty of space, plenty of uh, – and, and our customers have been – in the vast majority of cases, have been great with it. You know, they've been respectful of each other, which is great, great to have. Do you think that that is because of, I mean, the plaza has a very particular place in Cornwall. It is, you know, right in the middle of Truro. It's, it's become a bit of an institution. It is a local cultural hub. Do you think your experience is different to other cinemas? Uh, not, not for what I'm on the vast majority. Not from what I've seen on social media and, and keeping in touch with other people up and down the country. No, um, we're, we're very much based, as you say, slap bang in the middle of Truro. We feel deep rooted in the community. So, w- what affects everybody else affects us at the cinema. So we're all we're all in the same boat, and and our customers. Our regular customers, we, we know lots of them by first name terms and they know us by first name terms and that's always good to have as well. So if anybody's doing anything, they can say, Stuart, what, what's going on here? What's, they're, they're more than happy to ask about it and I'm more than happy to, to deliver an answer on that side of things. So, and that's what I'm hearing from, from colleagues up and down the country. When I, when I talk to you know, Phil Clapp from UK Cinema Association, he's, he's feeding back that, that the majority of people are... are um, very appreciative of what we're trying to do, how we're trying to do it. And as far as I'm aware, we still don't have a case that's been brought back to a cinema or anything like that that, that has sprouted from a cinema. You know, Hopefully that, that will continue to be the case and with more people getting, getting jabs and, and the rate coming down, you know, it's onward and upward, hopefully. The rate of um, COVID in Cornwall has always been very low yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, have you been aware of being in a, a kind of slightly protected bubble? Because I, I believe that Cornwall has been one of the lowest rated counties in the UK. It has been, but uh, that, that's, that, there's no complacency down here, Mark. I've got to say, uh, everybody's trying to do their bit, um, especially in the first lockdown. I, I literally saw not a soul for the, for the first few weeks. I would walk around 
with my daughter and my wife and we'd go for a, for our, you know our allocated daily daily wander you wouldn't see a soul and and granted this time around this lockdown that we've just had is it's been slightly different there's been more people around but I, i've i've found regardless of the fact that we haven't got a, a, a massive spike down here or anything like that people are still respectful of each other and still are thinking that there's every chance that it could happen down here, it could spike down here, and they're doing yeah. all they can. They're doing all they can. Do you think that the the cinema experience for people coming to the cinema, you know, when they're reopened, will it be um, will it positive and entertaining and all the things that we want from cinema? Do you feel like it is able to offer the you know that distinct service that cinema lovers need and want? Yes, yes, that that hasn't changed. The the, the big screen experience is, is slightly in in a different, um, for want of a better word, a different mutation at the moment. But um, that that cinema experience is still there. The big screen is still the place to see uh, films of all types, whether they're you know big Marvel blockbusters or or, um, or Nomadland or you know the the, the big the big um, trophy winners. That it's the place to see. You know, the Oscar winner herself, Frances McDormand, she said it herself, go and see it on the biggest screen that you can. Um, and the cinema experience is still one that we've all fallen in love with. We all hold dear to our hearts. We all take our kids to go and see and experience as well. And we can all remember our first cinema experience. And that's the thing. It's, it's building on those first cinema experiences for everybody. Oh, yeah. I, I remember my first cinema experience. It stayed with me right the way through. And I always, always talk about it. So, Go on. What was it? Oh, Jungle Book in Brighton, right <laughs> on the seafront in the Odeon. There you go. That's my first cinema experience. I can, I can remember it to this day. Going with mum and dad, uh, brother and sister went, which is very rare for brother and sister to go to the cinema. But, um, yeah, all went along. Family treat. There you go. <laughs> I think the, the first film I remember seeing in the cinema was Krakatoa East of Java, and my mother took me to see it. And it was like volcanoes and, you know, flying ships. And so, and I that was it. I just thought, well, that I'm, I'm, I, knew, I don't need to go anywhere else. I'll just stay here for the rest of my life because the cinema is the most exciting place on earth. Yeah, King, King Louis is the one for me, you know, a role model. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you a last question. Yeah. If people are cinema lovers, and I've spoken to some people who are still nervous about going back to cinemas, they're, they're worried about, you know, um, airborne viruses and they're, mm-hmm. they're just anxious. Um, firstly, what would you say to people who are cinema fans? How can cinema fans help this process happen to the best possible outcome? What can, what can people do to make this the best possible reopening? Okay, so uh, the, even just buying a gift card online will help your local cinema. Even wandering past, if the foyer is free, and buying a popcorn and taking it away with you will help that local cinema. Um, our, uh, at the plaza, we regulate the air within the screen. We flush it out as much as possible in between the screenings. We clean down as much as possible. Um, we're doing everything in place to make your experience of coming to a film as normal as possible. And as time goes by, th- these, these, you know, the face coverings and the, um, the socially distancing within the screen, that will disappear. And, and 
And that would be great. And getting back to a full screening is something that I'm very much looking forward to. And I'm hoping that that's going to come sooner rather than later. And I think it will. I think, I mean, looking at social media at the moment, our, our hit rate in comparison to this time last year, our hit rate is, is up 100%. It's, it's, it's there. People have an appetite to come along. And we're going to look after you. It, nothing's changed there. We'll, we'll look after you as, as best we can, like we always have done, and we'll continue to do that. And a sort of final message, do you think that the future of cinema is bright and secure, or are you part of the kind of naysayers who say it's never going to get back to what it was? Well, looking at the figures pre, pre-pandemic, um, our January and February of, of twenty. Oh, crikey, I'm forgetting. 2020, or January and February were the best that we'd had. So in prior to this pandemic, we were, we were having great audiences. We were having bums on seats. And I, granted, yes, it's been a very difficult time and things have changed. But I walk past, you know, local eateries. They're all gearing up. And I walk past... Um, pubs that have got outside areas and there's plenty of people there. We're social creatures. We enjoy sharing experiences and there's no greater sharing experience of a big screen experience. Stuart, that's great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Mark. Well, there we are. My thanks to Eleni Jones, Oliver Meek and Stuart Jenkins for sharing their thoughts about what we can expect when cinemas reopen in the UK on Monday. Thanks so much for downloading this Kermit on Film podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please remember to subscribe and tell your friends. Also, pop over to our Patreon page where there's loads of video extras. In the meantime, enjoy going back to the cinema. Stay safe. Keep watching the skies. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.